Good morning on this Friday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday in looking at God's invitation for us to come and buy. To come and buy even if we have no money. To come and buy water if we're thirsty. To come and buy milk if we're hungry. To come and buy bread. To come and buy wine. God is looking for people that are willing to seek Him. Seek Him while He may yet be found. According to Isaiah 55, 6. Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. If we look at that entire passage there, it says, Why do you spend money for that which is not bread? And why do you labor for that which doesn't satisfy? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. The word of God is eternal. It will never, ever fade away. According to Jesus, the earth and heaven will pass away. And of course, a new heaven and a new earth will be created. But it says that his word will never pass away. God's word is eternal. In fact, the scripture says that the word of God returns back to God but not until it has first accomplished and fulfilled the thing that he has sent it to do. So stop and consider that. Every spoken word of God has a purpose. God sent his word, and he blessed the people of Israel when they were in Egypt and brought them out. They called upon him, he sent his word, and he healed an entire nation. He sent his word, and he brought him forth with silver and gold. That's exactly what he had promised and told Abraham that they would be uh, slaves there for about 430, 450 years. But when they would come out uh, after the iniquity of the Amorites was fulfilled or full, that they would come out and they would come out with great and precious substance, which they did. But the thing is this, God spoke his word. It had purpose. And in all of that, while they're wandering through the wilderness, according to Deuteronomy chapter 8, God gave them his word through Moses, gave them the word through their time in uh, Mount Sinai, not only the Ten Commandments, but all, all the word that he spoke unto them. And he told them that man shall not live by bread alone. That is what we work for, that it really doesn't satisfy because we get hungry again. We get thirsty again. Uh, we may get full, but eventually we are empty and we need to resupply. Well, he told them that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema that has proceeded out of the mouth of God. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan, uh, after he had been led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, one of the things that he quoted when the devil told him, hey, convert these stones into bread, uh, Jesus told him, man shall not live by bread alone. It is written. It is written. The word of God had found purpose. And part of that purpose was that it would be written down and it would continue throughout the ages. But whosoever sought God, whosoever ate of that word, and delighted himself 
in that word. That word would provide nourishment for the soul, nourishment for the spirit, nourishment for the individual's life. So let's look at it. Why do we spend money for that which does not satisfy? Why do we labor for that which does not satisfy? Hearken diligently unto me. Eat that which is good. We are commanded, taste and see that the Lord is good. We are told to taste of the goodness of God in our life. So let your soul delight itself in fatness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the delight. He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, of course, this means that he is going to uh, uh, give us what we need, which he knows that we need food. He knows that we need shelter. He knows that we need clothing. He knows all these things. Jesus taught his disciples that all the nations seek after these things. But he told his disciples, but seek you first. Make your seeking the seeking of the Lord, the kingdom of God, the will of God, his righteousness. Make that your priority in your life. So incline your ear. That means he has something to say. And what he has to say, he wants us to hear. What he wants us to hear, he wants us to obey and to do. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. In other words, just like I promised David and I have kept my promise, I will also fulfill my word and my promises to you. Seek ye the Lord, seek him while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. This we'll have to consider when we're seeking him, that your thoughts are not his thoughts, neither are our ways uh, his ways, says the Lord. In other words, uh, during the process and during the time that we're seeking God, we may be we may be thinking uh, naturally according to how things we believe should go. But God's ways and God's thoughts are way above what we can comprehend. And we have to tap into his wisdom, his knowledge. And the way we're going to do that is to tap into Jesus, the person of Jesus. Look at him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Look at him who for the joy that was set before him, he didn't back away from the cross. He knew that it was going to be necessary. Look at Jesus as a, as a meek and, and, and humble uh, servant of the Lord and learn from his ways, learn from his actions, learn from his words, and we'll begin to discover that our thoughts are really way, way too far from the way that the thoughts of the Lord, the way he thinks concerning us, how his plans and purposes are to do us good. His word, his ways, also the way he does things. We would assume, well, I don't know why God just didn't give me a job and supply me all the needs, or I don't know why just God didn't uh, allow me to find something and that would be a blessing and that would... Many times he does. He allowed Peter to go fishing. 
and the first fish that he pulled up mean that he was probably going to pull up fish number two, three, four, five, six, seven, etc. But the very first one was going to have the gold piece in it that was going to be needed to pay the taxes. The other fish could be used to be eaten. They could have had a meal with them. <clears throat> or maybe uh, God's uh, ways of doing things are so different. He'll, well, God, God will feed this multitude. Uh, he'll provide a, a rich man. He'll come and he'll purchase all the bread that is necessary and all the fish that are necessary. And he'll feed this multitude. But then like the disciples said, where are we going to find a store uh, big enough that is going to be able to supply the need of all this multitude. So God's way was to provide a miracle, to provide the miraculous and the bread for it to be multiplied. So for your thoughts are not, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So how is God going to handle it? How is he going to make his thoughts and his ways known unto me? By his word. By his written and spoken word. Compare it to the rain. His word, his way of doing things is going to be the way of the rain. The way of the snow. I'm going to send my word just like the sky and the clouds send the rain and the snow from heaven above. And they don't return back. They don't, re they, they don't return back to their original place until they have first saturated the earth. They have watered it, whether it's through spring or summer or, or fall or where, whenever or wherever the rain is needed. And then all of a sudden, the seed that is on the ground or in the ground begins to germinate. It begins to grow. It begins to bud. The next thing you know, if we get more rain, the seed reaches a place where between the sun shining on it, the water uh, being beneath it and the roots growing deep into it, it begins to mature the fruit. And as the fruit matures, the harvest approaches and gets closer and closer. But it's not until the water, the rain that came down or the snow that melted and came in the form of a river, a creek or a stream, and the water was used to water the land, that it winds up going back to its place of origin, into the sea. Where in the sea it's going to evaporate. It's going to wind up back into a cloud. And at some point in the jet stream, it winds up being brought back somewhere upon the land. Of course, it can rain in the ocean too. It can be brought back somewhere upon the land where it waters. And once it waters, then the whole cycle continues. That is how the Word of God is. Jesus compared it to a sower that sows seed. According to Matthew chapter 13, according to the book of uh, Luke chapter 8 and Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the seed. He sows the seed, but God is the one that gives the rain. If we remember what Paul talked about and when Paul taught in the book of 1 Corinthians, 
He talked about when some were saying, hey, I'm of Apollos or I'm of uh, uh, Cephas, uh, uh, meaning Peter, or I'm of this individual or I'm of that individual. And he told them, look, God is the one that gives the rain. He is the one that provides. He is the one that sends it down. He is the one that makes it possible for things to grow. Now, according to the scripture, uh, Jesus, uh, Paul said, uh, Brethren, I couldn't speak unto you in 1 Corinthians 3.1 onward. It says, As unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, be even as babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk. Remember, we're talking about uh, purchasing milk. And not with meat, for hereunto you are not able to bear it, neither, neither now are you able to bear it. For you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envies and strives and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? For while one says, I am of Paul, another says, I am of Apollos, I am, are you not yet carnal? Who then is Paul, and who then is Apollos, but ministers? by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God, but God gave the increase. So he then neither is, so then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planted and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. So, according to the scripture, God is the one that gives the increase. Somebody has to plant the seed. Somebody has to water. Taking the word of God and teaching people. Taking the word of God and planting the seed. The word of God is seed. The word of God is also like rain, and the word of God is also like snow. It takes the word of God, whether it's brought by Apollos or whether it's brought by Paul, whether one is planting seed and the other one is watering, it takes the word of God. And then, of course, we've all learned from the parables of the sower sows the seed that there are different stages that the seed can fall in hard ground by the wayside where the birds, meaning the demons, the devils, and Satan can come and just swoop it right up and it becomes non-profitable to the individual. Or it can grow in the rocks and not have enough root in itself when the sun comes up, it burns it up. Or it can grow amongst the weeds where it is choked. But God sends his word with purpose for it to be fulfilled consider the word of god filled with faith ready to accomplish ready to do something in our lives well i see that our time has caught up with us join us again on saturday as we continue along these lines and we'll compare the sower sows the seed uh, he that watereth and the word of God being both, thing, both things. But until then, the Lord richly and fully bless you. In Jesus' name, keep looking up. Our Redeemer and redemption draw near. Amen.